Welcome to another edition of GW Unspoken where we talk about the stuff we don't typically talk about but probably should. And I want to welcome you all to the show and no matter where you might be, night, middle of day, morning, on the way to work, could be walking the dog, we just want to thank you for joining in. And tonight we're going to do a really quick podcast and it's talking about the conflict, struggles and frustrations that we have. And I just want to ask those questions like how many times do you are you on the way to work or you're taking a dog for the walk or... I don't know, talking to your teens or peers or your loved one and you've got absolute frustration and things aren't going the way, the connectedness is not there. How are you feeling? How's it frustrating you? Can you feel a conflict happening and building up? Is it the similar conversations you have with the similar people each day that you just go, oh my gosh, here we go again? And it's so hard to connect. It's so hard to get that human connection that you want. But it's frustrating you because... Your amygdala is fired up and we know that with our amygdala when it goes off the part, the social emotional or the emotional part of your brain especially goes crazy when you have a perceived threat. So if something's going to happen that you think is dangerous to you, a threat, you can easily just go bang and suddenly the thinking part of your brain is gone and that's how the amygdala works and I want us to really understand that and the neuroscience of our amygdala, our brain patterns is that our logical thinking part of our brain switches off when we definitely are escalated. So there's no point. There's no point hanging around and trying to logically win an argument and we know winning an argument actually means nothing. It doesn't actually win anything apart from maybe have more of a disconnection with the person you are having an argument with. But once we get that amygdala calmed down, our thinking part of the brain then switches back on and we can make logical decisions that have reason. So I want to think I want to ask this question to you right now. Are you a fighter? Are you a flighter? Are you a freezer or are you a fauna, if that's a word? So we know the fighters. The fighters are the ones who actually are standing up to it. They want the conflict or they, they, if they don't want the conflict, they're still happy to get into the fight with you. And it doesn't mean physical. It means argumentative straight away. I want to win this argument. I'm not happy. Bang, the amygdala is on fire and you just want to attack that, that, that person and verbally and say, oh, I want my way because of this. Can you think of that situation? Can you think of those people around you if it's not you? What about the flighters? What about the ones who just run away from the situation? What about this argument? They go, that's it, I'm out, and they walk out. Or they run away from any of those, they disengage straight away. And those two people or those two responses, they're pretty easy to understand because they are obvious. Physically observable, we see them. The freezers. Well, this is where I had a massive, I suppose, learning curve as a teacher. I think teaching for 25 years now, the first 20 years, I probably have got it wrong. Apologies to all those students out there who are struggling. Yes, it's Mr. Woodford's fault. I think the freezers are the hardest ones to find. Stereotypically, they're the ones in the back of the room getting B's and A's, behave well, but trauma could be happening to them and they're just freezing. They're quiet, they're disassociated, but they can still be working well. And and they're the hardest ones to see because there's no physical observable, I guess, characteristics. There's plenty of freezers and they're saying, again, stereotypically in a classroom, four or five people that have a, what would you say, that have a, a trauma within their life, and it's not uncommon, but maybe four or five traumas in their life, and they show no response at all and they are the freezers. They're hard to actually find who they are. And the other one is, is the fawn. That was a new one for me to learn. And the fawn is behavior to a perceived threat is more about they give in. They're very passive and they don't want the argument. They don't want conflict. So they become very passive and, and just give in to every single conversation. So I want you to think about those four, the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Who are the people in your life that you know are demonstrating those type of behaviours? And they may change from time to time. Like 
we have a joke here with the kids because I absolutely hate snakes because they freak me out. And if I saw a snake, I would be a freezer. I would stand still. I would be, and I know you're supposed to do that, but I wouldn't do that on purpose. Believe me, it's 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 I'm I'm just freaking out. I'm frozen still. Um, if someone's to attack my family or something like that, maybe it'd be different. Like I've never had a fight in my life, but maybe it would be different because it's something I need to, I guess, an action I need to do to probably protect them. But definitely a freezer and. And Gary being an Aries, apparently, if you believe in the stars or the zodiac, is supposed to be, you know, um, courageous. I'll tell you what, if there's a perceived threat, I'm gone. So what are you? What what kind of responses to a perceived threat do you have for most occasions? What about the kids around you? What about your peers? What about the people at work? Because once you can understand which, what they are to their response to a perceived threat and you, you know what you are, you can actually work on ways to actually build that connection again if there's a conflict. So again, as I said, struggles, frustrations, I don't know, maybe you've been similar to me sometimes going to work and you're punching the steering wheel going, why can't I get these connections right at the moment? And maybe if we look back at those responses to a perceived threat and we work out which one of those ones we are, the fawn, freeze, flight or fight, maybe we can work a way that we can de-escalate and have some strategies. And I want to really just talk about these really quickly. So what are some things that you can do to de-escalate from a conflict because we know once there's conflict, the amygdala fires up, the switch, the, our brain switches off, there's no logical thinking, it's it's pointless. You know, you might have an argument and, you know, two hours, six hours, half a day later you go, what the heck did I escalate like that and why was there such a big argument about that, right? It's because the amygdala fires up. It's there to protect us. It's actually doing its thing. It just means it can be heightened very quick, especially if those neural pathways are happening, those perceived threats are happening over and over again. And again, we've talked about this before, but especially with our teenagers too. Our teenagers often have lack of dopamine, they have more boredom, and their amygdala pathways are, can go from zero to hell very, very fast. So think about how can we de-escalate? How can we de-escalate our teens? How about get ourselves right first? How can we de-escalate ourselves? And there's some basic ones that you may have already tried. Walking, if you've got a chance. And I know sometimes if you work, you can't just go out and walk, but can you take a phone call and, and have a walk? Can you walk with another peer? Can you talk about your frustrations? And that doesn't mean whinge and, and wallow in what you talk and in, 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 in your threat or your the argument you've got. But have a walk and a discussion outside. The environment is so good for us. That fresh air is so good for us. How many, how many times are we around those four walls and stuck inside? It's not, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. What about some kind of exercise that has a cathartic effect, gets rid of all that anger for us? Is there something you can do for 10, 15, 20 minutes to just exercise besides walking have a bit more of a higher intensity. Walking the dog. You know, the dog's an amazing creature. Like, I'm not a massive cat lover, so sorry for those cat lovers out there, but the dogs have that way of setting that parasympathetic nerve like horses, and horses even more so, I believe. But when you go and you pat a dog, you know, the dog loves it, wags its tail, gives it looks like a smile at you. And what happens is it releases endorphins. And because the dog's happy and it wags its tail, you in turn, because you've made the dog happy, feel good as well. What kind of things can you have? Have you got animals around the place? And again, obviously, you might not have therapy dogs at work, but I don't suggest you go pat a co-worker, worker, that'd be weird. But if there's something you can actually do to get around those animals to pat and make yourself, yourself feel good and de-escalate, it could help. Another one is just having service to others. Can you actually get out of your own way and say, right, I'm thinking about the here and now. I know I'm struggling, but at least I can name this feeling I've got right now. I know it's going to go away soon. It doesn't make it better at this time. But if I can do service to others or invest myself into a project and have some kind of purpose, bang, that can help you as well. The other one I want to challenge you with is music. And 
we all like different kinds of music and I get that. And I wonder what yours is right now. Why don't you think about right now your favourite song, your favourite type of music. What's the type of music you've got to de-escalate? What's something you can go to where you actually feel good? Yep, this is great. I have great memories associated with this song or these this, these science soundtracks. That can be another way to de-escalate and have a strategy to get rid of that conflict or the struggles or the frustrations. I want to thank you for joining me. I really wanted you to think about these things. This podcast is for you and hopefully to build some skills and and more about questioning yourself about how you can have those deeper connections because we know that connections is a be-all and end-all in this world. Thank you.